0: Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner is Charlie Daggs, okay? He was a middle manager at a manufacturing company. He wants to break free, and he won the $100 I give out every Monday. For your chance to win, simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes right now, and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it. Top Tribe, you know I don't have a lot of time to waste. That's why I use FreshBooks to send out invoices and make sure I'm collecting my money. To get your free month, go to nathanlatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Nathan Latka here, this is episode 599 and coming up tomorrow morning, you're gonna learn from Shishma Sharma of Conversei, which has just raised $1.3 million. In addition, they're helping 800 teachers make money with their marketplace model. You're not gonna to wanna to miss that one. Good morning, everybody. Nathan Latka here. Our guest today is Michael Kaplan, and he is the CEO and founder of a company called Taivaka, which is a media technology company. He's also a former director of marketing at Sanyo and was appointed to the San Francisco Bay Waterfront Committee. Michael speaks Chinese, French, and Japanese. He attended the University of Redlands, Waseda University in Tokyo, and George uh, George Mason University, and Chinese Culture University. Michael, are you ready to take us to the top?
1: I am so ready.
0: Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, we were just chit-chatting before. You've listened to a few episodes. You're hooked, right? I am. I'm a fan. Good. Tell us what Saivako does and how you make money.
1: I'm happy to do that. First, I have to tell you something. Today is a very special day for two reasons. First, today's January 20th. If anybody doesn't know by now, it's Inauguration Day (laughs) in the United States. So that means that the White House gets a new tenant today. Uh, Right now, I'm about 15 minutes from the White House in Arlington, Virginia, and I can tell you there's a lot of energy around here and a lot of traffic. But the second reason that today is very special for us is because this is actually Tyvaco's debut. Your podcast, The Top, is our first public interview. So we've been keeping a very low profile up until now. This is exciting
0: for us. In I fact. reached out. I said, Michael, you got to come on. You're coming on. You're going to tell the world, and it's going to be great.
1: And in fact, I'll throw this out to you now. Um, If you want, I'll come back a year from now because by then we'll have some real numbers to talk about and you can grill me. (laughs)
0: Look at this. Guys, Michael's great. He's upselling already. He just sold me on (laughs) the second interview. This guy's a sales guy. I love it. All right, Mike. (laughs) And we're recording this on Inauguration Day. Just so everybody knows, we're recording this on Inauguration Day. You guys are hearing it. uh, It'll be about early March. So let's, Michael, jump in. What's the company do?
1: Right. So who and what is Tyvaco, right? So with my co-founder, Dr. Elizabeth Perea, we set out to solve an invisible problem that most organizations struggle with. And in the process, we ended up solving more than one problem. So your listeners probably know, unfortunately, there's a lot of, we'll call it subpar content out there. That's being polite. At the same time, we know there are a lot of corporations, nonprofits, and government agencies that are sitting on some of the most valuable content content. In fact, they already own it. The problem is it's forgotten and it's overlooked. Sometimes it's called an archive, but that's not really an accurate description because we learned that organizations are also struggling to manage their media that's being produced yesterday and today. So the invisible problem in this case is how do you quickly and easily search through and find the exact content that you want to use? Because as of now, it's just too much trouble and it takes too much staff time to do it so you're helping so,
0: you're helping folks digitize archives
1: that was one of the original ideas um, and and that's a good point you know just in the US uh, between corporations and associations and government agencies there is now over 100 million hours of archived analog media and by conservative estimates, That quantity of media has been valued at over $20 billion. So that's $20 billion being ignored. And that includes everything from 1930s movie film through 1970s videotapes. Wait, but Michael, is
0: this what you do? Like you said, well, that's what you originally did. Is this actually, is this what you're doing now? Is this how you're making revenue?
1: that's a part of it and actually yes we started doing that already and we are starting we've already had some clients so the answer is yes that was not the the real primary focus of the company but it's a necessary evil so really what we're working with is helping companies to find their content within their media and you know that's supposed to be what the what they call digital asset management software does some people call it DAM or DAM software yep so there is uh, a lot of digital asset management software available right now from some very big players. You've got Adobe and Canto. You've got some up and comers like Media of LA and IDAM. So, Michael, this is this
0: is, is, is Tyvaco, though, manual? Like, do you have a team that's kind of managing this or is it software heavy? Both. So tell me about the software.
1: Right. So we have to do we have to have our own proprietary software, which we've developed and that, in, that incorporates different technologies. So it's incorporating things like facial recognition software. It also does uh, automatic transcription. So those are things that are available individually, but we're bringing it all together only for in-house use. So this is not a software that we sell. This is a, a service that we do because in addition to this, unfortunately, the software that's available today just doesn't cut it. It's not good enough. So wait, it, why don't you
0: it, sell the software? I don't understand. Because we do everything in-house as a service. So this is, very, this is a professional service company. You built software to make your own jobs easier. And it's only for B2B and ultimately B2G as well. Got it. Okay, what year did you launch the company in? Uh, just last year. Oh, very good. So, so 2016. And what was first-year revenue?
1: Well, we're really pre-revenue right now. We've done a couple of small jobs just to, you know, get our hands dirty, uh, helping some companies with digitizing their analog content. But for all intents and purposes, I'd say that we're pre-revenue.
0: Well, everyone has to start with the first dollar. So, have you done ten dollars, a thousand dollars, twenty grand, hundred grand? What?
1: We've, we've done under 10 grand right now in revenue, so nothing you know, to get too excited about. But again, that's not what our primary focus was, and, uh, and we're getting ready to do it. In fact, uh, version 1.0 for us will be available in April.
0: Great. And so how are you supporting yourself, you and your co-founder? How are you paying yourself for food and all that? Tell us how you funded right. the company.
1: Right. So uh, in the very beginning stages, it was all funded by the Bank of Michael. <laughs> and uh, that, that was fine for a while. But um, how much did you we, put in? I, I put in around 20K of my own. OK. Um, and then we just closed on our first. It's, it's a very small amount. It's under 50K uh, with our first investor. Um, so I like to call it our seedling round. And that's helping us also to get most of the first version of the software uh, done for us. Um, but really long-term plan is to do another round, uh, probably mid 17, uh, for around 2 million.
0: And how are you, so how are you going to grow sales? I still don't know what you're selling. Right.
1: So that's, that's where you have to kind of put it all in perspective. Uh, right now that 2015 dam market was around 1.4 billion. It's expected to grow up to about seven and a half billion by 2024. So we're looking at, very large potential, what we're doing is we're coming into the corporate client, into the government client, and we're saying to them, you're sitting on an asset. Now, the reason it's an asset is because like any other asset, it can be valued. It can be insured. It can be put on a balance sheet. But well, so Michael, of, name yeah. one of
0: these though for me. Like, can you tell me about Sabra Design? Are they a paying customer? Yeah, they were a paying customer. Okay, we did so some digitizing for them. Perfect. So tell me that story. What did they pay you and what did you do? They
1: came to us and said, hey, we have uh, original media that we own. It's our property. It's um, it, in this case, I believe it was a magnetic tape. So it was probably a VCR tape okay. and, or several. And we, we just worked with our vendors to get that put into a digital format. I think they wanted something very popular to work with. And then they could use it any way they wanted to because they were a creative agency
0: or are a creative agency. And would they pay you to do that?
1: Oh, we didn't. We didn't charge a lot for that. It was. It was probably less than a thousand dollars just to do that job.
0: So how, that's my question. How do you scale?
1: Okay. So what we're doing is, we've already reached out to potential clients who are rather large. We've so, for example, a lot of the clients that we've, potential clients we're talking to are in New York City, uh, including a major U.S. television network. And we sat down with them, had a Which great we- meeting. I don't know that I should mention those three letters right across the street. How about if I say they're in Rockefeller Plaza? All
0: right. NBC. So maybe NBC, hypothetically NBC. So keep going.
1: I had a great conversation and I almost lost my cool and said, you know, you're telling me that you've got a warehouse full of material in New Jersey, original analog material that hasn't been digitized yet, very valuable content, and you don't even know half of what's in there. And yet this is an asset and they're not alone. We've talked with a major insurance company. We just had, um, we just signed a client to do some digitizing work for them. Excuse me, they are um, associated with Lionel, the model well, railroad
0: company. What's presenting them, Michael? Like I want to hear about the challenges of this because you haven't grown revenue yet. So like, why aren't, why aren't these deals closed already? What's taking long, why is it taking so long to close them?
1: I want to do everything right. I want to have the software available and when we, go back to these clients that that have expressed interest, we'll be ready to start
0: working with them from day one. Okay. So you're still building the software
1: software. Right. So estimated time for software should be April. Got it. April.
0: Got it. And then what, I mean, let's just assume any large tv network again how are you going to price is it going to be based off like hour of old vcr tape digitized right. like what's the unit so metric you're going to right. price on so that's on? the
1: special that's the special part we're really not specializing in doing the digitization of analog media that's just a, a necessary evil it has to get done otherwise you can't look at it right so in other words if i've got movies so you uh, do all films, this for free for everybody We'll do it at a very minimal cost. Some of it we do in house, most of it we work with outside vendors. So it's a very minimal uh, um, uh, net for us. What's really special, and this is what you've never heard before, and here's the problem with the DAM software, is that that puts all of the effort, all of the heavy lifting falls on the shoulders of the client. Whereas we're coming in saying, we've got a solution that you can finally rely on and, and, and appreciate. We will do the annotation of the content. Nobody does that. Our technology so is that will where you're going to make a
0: lot of money from. Yes, it is. OK, but I thought you just said that's just the necessary evil. The digitization, putting
1: it into a digital file format. That's the first step. OK, so that's the first vertical. The second step is being able to make that searchable.
0: OK, so, so we're you're going to you're going to if it's just if it's just words like an old film of Ronald Reagan, you're, you're going to take that film, you're going to digitize it and then you're going to put a transcription behind it. So it's searchable.
1: No, that's too easy. And no, we're not talking about using meta tags for well, file names. Give me an example, that's then. We can actually go through the entire hmm. video length and annotate it so that people will be able to say, you know, I know somewhere in this video there's an image of a man walking a dog. Now, if it's a three-minute video, that's easy. Push play, you'll find the scene. But what if that video was 10 hours long or 4,000 hours long? And you know somewhere in there, there's a man walking a dog, but you don't know where.
0: So you're using image recognition technology to tag these things to make it easily searchable.
1: We'll actually make it look like almost like you're using Google. You'll be able to type in key search words like man walking dog. It will take you exactly to that point in the video. So
0: what are you going to charge for that?
1: So there's two parts. The first part is that we actually do the annotation where we're making it searchable, right? So that, depending on the volume, that's... Just an hourly fee okay well, um, what? Oh really can, for something small maybe 125 an hour but in most cases it's a very large volume so we can do very low very reasonable pricing I'll say
0: okay so let's say 100 bucks per hour for you know a thousand hours of content that might be just to annotate then what but that's right so
1: that's a one-time cost that the client incurs in addition to that there's our technology that gives them ongoing access so that's a subscription model how much? Uh, figure for a small user group in a company, maybe a couple of people,
0: one hundred and fifty a year. So you're going to pr- price it based off number of seats.
1: Yeah, we try to control. You know, it's, there could be a few users, there could be company wide. It really depends on how many people are using. Because there's a there's an issue with bandwidth.
0: Why are you gonna Why are you gonna price based off number of seats instead of amount of content they're storing with you?
1: Well, the content that they're storing isn't very complicated. That's I mean, everything is is. Uh, we, they can use their own storage or we can use we no, 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 my point
0: is why, why charge ba- Why? Like everyone has different ways. They increase ARPUs across their customer base. You want to increase oh. average revenue by number of seats. Why not do it based off the amount of hours of content you've produced? No, I'm
1: more concerned. No, actually our, my goal is to make it as easy as possible and frankly as affordable as possible so that our clients, our corporate enterprise clients and government
0: clients will continue to use this for the foreseeable future. But you don't want so them we- to use it if they're not paying you anything, right?
1: Well, they're, they're paying a minimal fee, like a license every year. So, again, it's a subscription service that is renewed every year.
0: That's what I'm asking you, though. That license you're telling me is going to be based off their team size. And I'm saying, why did you make a decision to base it off team size instead of the amount of content they have in your system?
1: Oh, because it really varies. the for us it, it won't really matter that much the the volume of content that's a you know, if you're storing it in a cloud account it's a set account. But so I know that price. might not matter to
0: you, but to them, isn't that the value you're trying to say? The more you know, the more you give us, the more we can make searchable for you.
1: No, really, what's the most important thing for the client is that they can find exactly what they're looking for. And it doesn't really matter to us if it's 100 hours or 10,000 hours. We just want to make it as easy as possible for them.
0: Yeah, that's like saying Google is the same value if they index one page versus if they index 10,000 pages, which is false. It's way more valuable if they index way more information because you get more accurate results. But
1: what's right. But what's more important is that everybody's using Google.
0: Yeah, correct, but you also have to make money, right? So that's what I'm trying to figure out. Your model is you're making a minimal amounts actually convert to analog, and then you're doing some subscription fee per year based on the number of seats, and you're ignoring volume. Is that accurate?
1: Yes, we're we're definitely making some money off of the annotation service. This is a real chore that most companies will not want to undertake. It is the reason why a lot of people get so frustrated when they actually start calling it damn software with the other spelling of damn, because it's really just – a, a heavy chore. It's, it's heavy lifting. You know, who's going to say to their staff, Hey, Michael just made all of this content available for us. There's 10,000 hours of it. Now sit down and annotate it. Yeah. Michael, no, Michael,
0: I'm not disagreeing with you on that. I completely agree with you. What I'm trying to understand is how this gets to become a hundred million dollar business. Cause I don't, you haven't given me any metric that scales pricing wise. The,
1: the, the volume of business that we can scale up, um, is, is We'll, we'll get us to where we want to be. We're looking at yeah, that's vague.
0: Over... based off what metric number of hours, annotated number of team sizes of the, comp- of the people at the company is searching. It's,
1: it's all of those things combined. So we have all of those metrics um, plus we're also, because remember, we're serving uh, enterprise clients. Uh, they're not looking for just one service. They want a complete service. So in many cases they're going to come back to us and say, Hey, this is great. You made this something that we can now search through. And you made our our, you brought our you unlocked the value of our of our content, which is wonderful. Um, You know, we've got a marketing department, but our plates are so full already and you know how to use original content. So can Tyvaco also help us to implement this, start using this to get some ROI? And the answer is yes. So we'll also work with them on a creative side if that's what they would like. So we have to so we have to provide the whole thing.
0: Okay, Top Tribe, as many of you know, I sold Hayo, and everyone is always asking me what my expenses were when I was building Hayo. Well, a big expense was that I spent over three grand per month on financial services to keep me out of trouble in terms of taxes. You know, my mom would always harbor me, Nathan, you gotta keep all your receipts and put them in a freaking box or something to make sure you don't get an audit or things like this. I'm like, mom, I'm a millennial. You think I'm gonna keep all these receipts? I now use FreshBooks. I use their mobile app to take a picture of receipts and it makes taxes a cinch. Additionally, I don't have to hire a $3,000 per month person to manage all my finances. It's like saving so much money and my mom's happy. Additionally, I don't waste a bunch of time creating invoices. I use their templates and I can avoid using Word templates or Excel files. I just use FreshBooks to quickly send out invoices and it works like a charm. To get your free first month, go to NathanLatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Again, go to NathanLatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Got it, Michael. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what is your favorite business book? Favorite business
1: book would be It's Not My Department by Peter Glenn. Some of the examples in it are a little outdated, but actually... um, it's something that everybody should be familiar with. It's
0: a timeless book. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Hmm.
1: I typically don't put CEOs on pedestals, but I do admire people who are dedicated to their craft and who innovate. Uh, for example, I met the actor John Cleese, and I have to tell you, I was really impressed. He's so dedicated to his art. Somebody else that I really admire is Ken Okuyama. He's an amazing designer based in Japan. I haven't met him personally, but he's worked on things from Ferrari to designing the new Bullet Train in Japan.
0: Number three is their favorite online tool you have, like Acuity Scheduling?
1: Hmm. Actually, uh, you know, for me, the only way to get things done is to keep a list, so I'm using AnyDo.
0: Any do. Yeah, that's a good one. Number four. And I've got
1: and by the way, I've got an any do connected to my um, Amazon Echo, which is perfect. I'm
0: loving that. Number four. Is there a uh, or sorry? Yes or no. Do you get eight hours of sleep every night?
1: Oh, that's one of my New Year's resolutions. Ask me next year. All
0: right. And what's your situation?
1: Married, single. Do you have kids? Um, very happily married with one daughter who graduated
0: and from tech and nice. Wonderful. Yeah. Good. And how old are you? Um, just over 50. All right. So we'll call it 51. Take us back 31 years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew?
1: Oof. well, I think there are two secrets to success and happiness that I can share. First, if you're not already doing this, please force yourself to listen more. Um, the more you listen to other people, the more success will find you. The second thing I can tell you is, and it sounds simple, but be a nice person. There are that alone will open many doors for you it really does work if you want to get in my door being nice makes it easier
0: there you guys have it from michael kaplan listen more again he's building a business that helps folks take off their old archived content makes it valuable again with tyvaco he's put in about 20 grand of his own money they just closed a fifty thousand dollar round looking to close a 2 million dollar round sometime in mid to late 2017 as they grow and scale michael thank you for taking us to the top hey thank you so much if you enjoyed Michael today, go back and listen to Oliver yesterday. He's the CEO of FidsUp, which has raised $3.7 million, helping 2,500 retail locations track in-store visits from mobile advertising. Now, you might wonder how they do that. Well, it's actually pretty genius. You wanna tune in to find out. The top Tribe, I love giving away Free money. I feel like, oh, we're giving away cars, and I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google Ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it. Okay, again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google right when you sign up with my website host provider, Hostgator. Go sign up now to get your free money. Hostgator.com forward slash